0: This is a Queensland Department of Education podcast.
1: Hi, my name is Virginia Bodidge, and this is the second podcast in a series of three, designed to give schools the tools to engage more effectively with their community. In this episode, Senior Communications and Marketing Officer Kylie Wilkinson will talk through some tips for writing an effective communication and engagement plan, and from that plan, Producing Effective Communications collateral. Welcome, Kylie. Hi, Virginia. In the first podcast in this series, we looked at the steps schools could take to identify their school story and why it's important for schools to know their story. Today, let's look at how to write a communication and engagement plan. We've done our homework and we've outlined our school story with the help of our inner circle, and we've written or begun to think about key messages. With this information, schools can begin to map out their communication and engagement plan. Is that
0: right? That information is essential to building your communication and engagement plan, particularly if you've involved your entire inner circle. So you've got a really good body of information that tells your school story. Definitely recommend that you have that documentation available to you. The school story documentation? School story documentation, but also your key message documentation. Even if the key messages aren't fully formed, they will be part of this communication and engagement plan. The really good news though, Virginia, is that we have templates of the communication and engagement plan on our website and also a number of other resources that schools will be able to access and use.
1: Great. Can they just download those resources?
0: That's right, they can.
1: Excellent. Can you explain to us why a school would need a comms plan communications and engagement plan and what the purpose of it is?
0: So if you're a teacher you would never go into a classroom without a plan or if you're a principal you would never run your school without a plan so it's exactly the same reason that you would have a communication and engagement plan. It's so that you know what you want to achieve and you have a very clear set of actions to be able to achieve them. The communication and engagement plan would generally sit say beside the strategic plan of the school however that's a four-year plan so my recommendation would be that perhaps you just look at it as a one-year plan to begin with. That way, um, what happens is we get a lot more enthusiasm and motivation to do that plan.
1: Yes, it's quite hard to plan for communication and engagement four years out. It's something that needs to be continually refreshed and looked at.
0: Yes, when you think about your plan, firstly, it's cyclical. It also needs to be really flexible. Some of the things that you see as a major priority now may not be a priority later on, or it might be that something else emerges, something that you also need to think about what I really like about the one year plan is that you can create clear actions and you might just that might just be for one term and so then you can say all right well we've achieved those this term what about second term what about third term and usually around about third term you'd start to think about well let's create another full year plan
1: and these communication and engagement plans they're not just for schools that have an issue or an event or an
0: anniversary coming up are they definitely not That's great to have a communication and engagement plan for an event, or if you're a school who has a particular issue that they need to solve. Every school though should have a plan. It's really thinking about, well, how are we going to communicate and engage really effectively with our community? But also, how do we protect our reputation? Do you remember in the first podcast we spoke about not allowing other people to tell your stories, not allowing other people to own your messages? So having a plan like this ensures that you have the actions in place and you're assessing as you go so you are always in control of your of your school messages.
1: It's not just for schools that know their reputation, it's for schools that also want to build their reputation.
0: Absolutely. In our first podcast, we spoke about whether or not community perception matches reality. Some schools will be sitting there right now listening to this and saying, nope, that's not the case. They really need to build their reputation and tell their school story very effectively. The communication and engagement plan is for them, but it's also for those schools who are doing really well. Those schools really need to maintain and protect their reputation and so the plan is for them also. For more information visit OnePoddle and search podcasts.
1: I know this is what we do, but writing your communication and engagement plan can also be quite exciting for schools to map out things and to look at what direction they're going to go.
0: Yes, it is exciting looking at the types of actions they can take because it might be something really simple. It might be that they've walked into their school with fresh eyes and they've gone. You know what a garden here would be a fantastic opportunity or perhaps our signage needs looking at.
1: Now is this plan something that should be available for the whole school body to look at for all the staff or is it just a few of the staff members who would work on it? What's your advice there?
0: It's absolutely a document for the whole school body. You can involve as many or as few people as you like in the planning of it but it really needs to be something that the whole school owns and that the whole school is aware of.
1: That's probably a good place to start at looking at how to write the communications plan. The first thing we need to do is to get together with the team that's going to write it.
0: Yeah, Having a look around and thinking, well, who would be the best people to be part of that team and who actually wants to be on that team? You know, when you were gathering information for your school story, you involved the entire staff and you also worked with your students in P&C. So within that process, there would have been people who were super excited about taking it further. They could be part of your school communication and engagement team.
1: And they're the people you want, the people that are excited about it.
0: Yes, absolutely. I guess, too, we would really need to be aware of if you have too many people involved, it sometimes becomes difficult to make a decision. What do you think? Four to six people, perhaps?
1: Yes, depending on staff numbers and availability and interest levels.
0: That's it. And we need to consider that some schools are very small, so they might only have two or three people involved. They might even need to involve a parent in that group. Or the larger schools, they might want a larger group. That first group is essential for the beginning of your communication and engagement plan because they will ensure that it moves forward.
1: And should the principal lead it or can the principal hand it over to somebody else to lead, do you think?
0: Completely up to the school whether or not the principal is part of that group. A lot of schools will delegate someone else in that role.
1: Okay, so once we've got our team together, the next thing we've got listed in our plan is to do a situation analysis.
0: So taking the information that schools have discovered about the perception of their school and they might have discovered that there's one or two things that they'd like to change or indeed highlight.
1: Have you got any examples of what sort of things schools might look at changing or highlighting?
0: I do. One school I worked with, what they found is that their visual identity, so the look and feel of their school, was giving mixed messages. Basically what had happened was no one was following a particular style guide. The other thing they discovered is that when they did a physical review of the school that the signage was really all over the place. So it was very difficult to find the right areas within the school. From that they decided that they really wanted to focus their communication and engagement on having very clear visual identity for the school and to also think about how difficult it is is to find things around the school. So perhaps we need to change that as well.
1: Next we're looking at our key messages. And I'm assuming that we don't want, say, 15 key messages. We want to keep it relatively short.
0: In our last podcast, we spoke about key messages. We're looking at maybe six or seven broad headings. Those are available on our website. We've load, we've uploaded a template and also examples of key messages. So around about six or seven will allow you to get a full picture of your school.
1: So we've got examples of those online?
0: We do have examples. When we're talking about key messages, we also need to remember that you need to have proof or evidence. So those key messages will then become unique to your school.
1: So we can't just make a claim and not back it up. That's it. What do you think is the hardest thing about doing the communications plan?
0: It's probably trying to decide what to focus on first because sometimes, you know, you get a group of people together. They're so excited about all the things they could do. So it's bringing it back and saying, okay, what can we actually achieve this term and really focusing on that? To access the resources that support this podcast, visit one Portal. Does
1: that then lead into one of the next topics or headings for the comms plan, and that's objectives, what do we want to achieve?
0: Absolutely. If we keep it to, say, three main areas that you'd like to achieve, that school I was speaking about earlier, one of their objectives was to develop a strong, sustainable and valued brand image for their school and also a consistent visual image for their school.
1: The next thing we have to do is look at the target audience. Who do we want to be saying these things to?
0: You'll find that you have a different way of speaking to each target audience. The way that you communicate to your staff may be slightly different to the way that you communicate to your parent body, to your business alliance and so forth. So some groups may only need to be informed, others may require more detailed information. Knowing very clearly who your target audience is is an excellent part of the communication and engagement plan.
1: Not only do we speak to them differently, but we use different communication channels and tools to speak to them.
0: Well, that's the next part of the communication plan, identifying your current communication channels. So first up, do an audit. Okay, you might have a website, some social media, you might use a newsletter, and not forgetting things like meetings, assemblies, meeting with parents. Writing down those communication channels that you currently use will give you a clear idea of how you might communicate that information as you progress.
1: And it will show you how much you are actually doing, which you possibly don't realise.
0: Exactly. There might be times where you think, you know what, that communication channel isn't working for us anymore.
1: This next section is the exciting section, if you like. We get to write down what we're going to achieve.
0: This is the action part, and as you say, it's actually the most exciting part. It allows the team to really start thinking about, well, what is it we can do to achieve our objectives? What sort of actions can we take? So if you take that school I was speaking about earlier, Their concern was that their visual identity was delivering mixed messages. So their focus in the communication engagement plan would be to look at a much more consistent and visual identity. And from that, what actions do they need to take? You can see how exciting it can be.
1: Schools can really begin to see some change once the actions are implemented. Is that our comms plan or or what else do we need to do?
0: That's pretty much our comms plan. However, it's a really good idea to evaluate as you go. Remember we were speaking earlier about it being flexible, things might change. To have an evaluation process is ideal because then you can say, actually we've achieved that particular focus, let's move on to the next thing we'd like to do. So in the template there's an evaluation section and the the way that we've created it is that you decide when you want to evaluate. You always look at your base information first. So it might be that you did an audit of your communication materials and you see they're not consistent. So that's your base information. Then you might say, well, let's look at this again in two terms time and see what sort of difference we've made.
1: Okay, thanks. I think that's really helpful.
0: Actually, it's very exciting when we see schools put this into place and change begins to happen.
1: So Kylie, with this podcast, we've looked at how to create a communications and engagement plan. And in the first podcast, we looked at how schools can find their school story. The third podcast is going to look at how schools can find good news stories.
0: Yes, that's right. The positive stories that are happening within their school. Well, we'll
1: look at that next
0: time. Thanks. Thanks, Virginia. You have been listening to a Queensland Department of Education podcast.